evening, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Prospects After Dark, which we haven't done in quite some time. I apologize for my absence. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Kyle Reese. I am your host for Birds on the Black. Uh, tonight we have a focused amount of information to talk about. Uh, I don't even know what that sentence is. Um, hello, not really. Welcome to our little party, man. It's nice to have you back. Uh, again, look, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. We can talk about the minors. We can talk about this little win streak the Cardinals are on. We can talk about sweeping the Cubs. We can talk about a shitty May. Uh, we can talk about the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, GM Gersh says we missed your bald ass. I missed you guys more. Uh, with Game of Thrones being done on, on Sunday, and let's not get into Game of Thrones, but with Game of Thrones being done on Sunday, uh, we're going to try to get back into our normal Sunday routine of Prospects After Dark. Next Sunday we won't have it because of Sunday Night Baseball, uh, but that's the plan. Uh, what up, Snoop Dogg? What's going on, everyone? Hello, welcome to the program. It's nice to have you back. Uh, it's nice to have you back being a part of this because I really, truly missed doing it, uh, and I missed having each and every one of you as a part of my life once a week. Uh, my, the only guarantee I make today is that I will be better than the Cardinals broadcast this weekend. Uh, Victoria's here. Hello, Victoria. How are you? Uh, again, what do you guys want to talk about? I, I, you know, I, I could start my diatribe where I'm just running and running my stupid mouth uh, where I, I eventually make a huge ass out of myself. Uh, we could talk about the minors. We could talk about uh, Griffin Roberts making his first appearance in a game in Palm Beach and getting absolutely lit up. Uh, we could talk about Paul Goldberg, who apparently plays first base for the St. Louis Cardinals, if you're listening to the broadcast. Uh, Ryan Schul wants to talk about Eric Hosmer. Uh, how do you feel about Danny Mac liking your tweet about the broadcast being bad? Uh, I think he's just trying to say, hey, look, I'm here. I see it. Uh, you know, but he's entitled to his opinion just as I am to mine. You know, I've been very supportive of Danny Mac. I love everything he does. I think he's a, a, an amazing broadcaster. Uh, but that doesn't make him immune to criticism. The broadcast was bad. Uh, he was bad. Uh, it's a bad weekend. I've, I'm bad every time I put this thing on. So as someone who's bad a lot... He's allowed to have a bad weekend. Uh, one thing that he was wrong about uh, that we did a little digging on is Andrew Kisner has been calling his own games, uh, even in college. Uh, just a little thing there. Uh, there was some other stuff. Rick Horton was particularly bad. Somebody in my, uh, slid into my mentions and said Horton's better on the radio. And that's one thing. I don't know what it is. It must be John Rooney. You know, John Rooney cutting him off. I think that that was the suggestion. Uh, but he's way better on the radio, Rick Horton is, than he is on television. I guess, you know, one thing that Danny does really well is he lets his commentator, one of the many things that Mr. McLaughlin does very well is he lets his commentators go and go. Uh, and that's not something Rooney does. Uh, Rooney reels him in a little bit more. Has Fox Sports Midwest always been bad? I don't remember noticing uh, that it had before. No, no, look, it's just been a weird thing this year. And, you know, it's because of the propaganda and it, it feels more like state-run television. You know, now we have to deal with bad camera angles, a, a bad camera angle from center field. We have to deal with a bad replay camera angles. Man, when they were replaying that, that steal of second base at Colton Wong, it, it, was, it was brutal. There wasn't one good angle. Uh, every time they do a replay, the first, like, two or three angles are crap. Uh, it's just right now with Fox Sports M Midwest, between the camera angle and the bad commentary, and uh, the state, like the what feels sometimes like state-run propaganda, it just doesn't feel like a great product. But that's not to beat up on them. They still give us Cardinal Baseball. They give us Cardinal Baseball all the time. And uh, Danny Mac really is great 99.9% .9 of the time. Uh, Jay Dizzy says, card sweep. Not getting too cocky, though. Waiting till after Wrigley this coming weekend. Jay Dizzy uh, underscore 515 has it. Look, 
winning four games in a row is great. It's a good start, uh, but let's have a good week coming up here, uh, and then let's see what it looks like in Chicago. Let's go into Chicago and sweep them. Uh, so Cards Gifts brings up the best part about it, the boring narrative. Now, I understand that some Cardinals fans get upset about stuff like this. I get it. Uh, but the thing about Cardinal Nation, as Chris Bryant makes comments about St. Louis being boring, is Cardinals Nation isn't St. Louis. It's all of the areas around St. Louis. Like, I understand those fans taking ownership of St. Louis, but a lot of things, like what Chris Bryant's even saying there, doesn't even affect most of the fan base, like the largest part of the fan base. Uh, and on top of that, it's not even a story. It, it's, he just said the city was boring. What else is he supposed to say? Uh, it's fine, I love it there. No, man, look, it's just down, it's whatever. And to Giff's point, as a broadcast, for the first half an hour of the post-game, or pre-game leading into the first game, all the first game, and then again today, it got brought up. And it's like, it's not really a story. It's not really the anchor story here. The anchor story is Addison Russell is here, and he beats his fucking wife. Uh, Addison Russell is human garbage. Uh, the focus needed to be on that all weekend. If you're going to try to turn a person's story into anything, uh, it's more than that. Like, you picked the wrong story to hit your wagon to, and it was bad because you ran with it for hours and hours on end, but it was even worse because you missed the big story, which was a motherfucker came into St. Louis, and St. Louis didn't pay him attention because we were so caught up in this sales line that was being sold uh, to, to help push a narrative, to help push viewership. Uh, that's where I'm at with that. I really, really wish it was just Dan and Edmonds every single day. Again, if Ankiel isn't going to pitch, no one really knows what's going on there. Uh, Ankiel, Thompson, and Edmonds would be fantastic. Uh, hey, Fish, what's up? What's up, bro? Greco, John Greco. Hey, I'm going to raise my first glass uh, to John Greco. Hello, John. It's nice to run into you in the West County, as always, my friend. M-I-Z underscore underscore Z-O-U. Uh, 2019 is back on. You're right. Tonight, by the way, we're drinking this bottle of Kentucky Vintage. Uh, the reason I bought it is I'm a big Deadwood fan, and I watched a Deadwood movie, and that was the label that I thought mostly resembled what you might actually see at the Gem Saloon. Uh, my playoff beard is getting close to your level, but I don't think I'll ever reach it from uh, Daru's 89. So I have actually trimmed my beard between every round. Cut my hair and trim my beard before every round. This thing got in my face last night uh, when I was trying to sleep. Uh, so once the Blues win the Stanley Cup, hopefully I can get this thing trimmed. Love that Andrew Kisner from Benjamin Klee. I love that Kisner family. Look, uh, from writing about prospects, I've been in contact with a large portion of that, a small portion of that family. And they're just amazing people. They're intense people, but in the right kind of way. They're funny people. They're down-to-earth people, but they're a really tight and strong-knit family that supports each other from aunt to grandparent to father to son to daughter. Uh, they're also a really intelligent family. Uh, that's, I mean, the engineering thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I say blah, blah, blah. I say it enviously. But uh, it's only part of it. Like, that's just a really smart and amazing family. I think Horton really brings out the worst in Danny. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's one thing about Horton and McCarver, right? Like, I don't necessarily think that I, McCarver is great. Uh, I don't think he's really awful either. But I do think Horton brings out the worst in Danny, where I think McCarver brings out a, a, like a childish, fun side of Danny McLaughlin. So I agree with that. Uh, Reyes, I want him to be the next ace just like everybody, but he's still working off two years of rust. From Roy uh, 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 McAvoy. Now, I love where Roy's head at is here in regards to Alex Reyes. You know, the problem with Alex Reyes is that when he rehabbed last year, he was just too good. And I know that that's a weird thing, but 
Look at it this way. There are people who are asking me about trading him, and I would understand why you would want to do that. I wouldn't understand why the cards would want to do that. Uh, you know, I have people saying he's a bust. He's a bust. He's not any of that. This is a kid who's missed three years now, uh, two year, two full seasons, pretty much. Hasn't thrown a pitch. Well, uh, let me start over. He's missed two seasons. He's throwing limited amount of pitches, and is coming up with two serious, serious surgeries to his arm. Like, this is kind of what we should have expected last year, but he was just too damn good for it. And he's going to struggle. Uh, his his fastball doesn't have the movement, and I think that's what's getting him along with command. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's just give him, let's be patient with him. I know the Cardinals wanted him to be ready to start. I'm glad that's not the situation, because I firmly believe it's in his best interest to stay down at AAA for a while and figure it out. Uh, let that arm come back to life. It's not back to life yet. R remember, he's, he's still... He's dealing with a shoulder and an elbow, a reconstructed shoulder and an elbow. There's a lot of scar tissue that needs to be worked out there, and there's a whole mechanical issue that needs to be worked out there. It's nice he's going to be on the back burner for a little bit. Uh, who are we drafting in the first round tomorrow? There are a lot of players. We'll get to that in a second. Stu Styles says, uh, that was from Drake Mann, by the way. Drake, what's up, buddy? My buddy Stu Styles here. Uh, what would you take away from Reyes' start? Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, let me get more specific with Reyes' start real fast before we move on. Uh, what I saw is I saw a guy who was using – he wasn't locating in the bottom half of the zone, and he wasn't utilizing the upper half of the zone properly. Uh, lost a lot of command, and it seemed like his velocity diminished before in the fourth he started pumping it in there. Uh, I'm going to be there Saturday and Sunday in Chicago to Timothy Bryce. Hey, Timothy Bryce, enjoy, my friend. Uh, is Ray is dead? He is not dead. Cards Nation in Paducah, Kentucky, for God's sakes. Hey, to Toon Dog, to Paducah, Kentucky. Why isn't Hudson in the pen and Helsley in the rotation? Well, you know, at this point, Hudson... Uh, aside from those two starts in Milwaukee, just like the two starts in Flaherty, Hudson's been pretty effective. He is still letting up a slugging percentage or an OPS above 700. Too many bat, too much slugging, too many base runners. Uh, but he's been really good, and I would say, especially with the May that he just had, that you keep Dakota Hudson in the rotation for a while. It's just that that fifth spot, right, that Henesis Cabrera is currently taking. If Hennessy gets another start, and by the way, I was impressed with the way that Hennessy's pitched. I thought it was bullshit that he came out when he came out in Philadelphia, and I'm anxious for his next start. Uh, but if he's not good, then you go to Ryan Helsley, and you don't think twice about it. Ignore Ponce de Leon. Uh, go Helsley. Start it there. But that's that's why, that, at least in my opinion. Man, I live in Alabama. I do that. I uh, bash this stuff all the time. Who's the next call up from Alan Seidel? Uh, Alan, my guess would be, again, I'm going to say Ryan Helsley. I think Helsley has a spot in the majors, whether it be in the rotation or the bullpen. I think it happens relatively soon, uh, within the next couple weeks, especially depending on how Hennessy does. As smart money is that it's on Daniel Ponce de Leon or Ryan Helsley. Uh, fans should be booing Russell, not Brian. I think we're all on that. Uh, my problem was more with uh, Dempster piling it on. Yeah, Dempster's an idiot. Uh, what do you think away from Ray? Blah, blah, blah. He didn't even get mentioned. Uh, would they be allowed to shit on Russell on life? Yeah, look, they're allowed to say whatever they want on live TV. Why wouldn't they be allowed to? Uh, I, I, now, maybe I could be wrong about that, and if that's the case, then I, I retract my prior statement. But they can talk about whatever they want. And if somebody is telling them that they can't talk about a wife beater, a woman beater on the national broadcast on the broadcast for whatever reason, you do it anyways because it's the right thing to do. Uh, it was a story because cards weren't playing good. I agree with that from uh, Eric Thomas, our good friend. 
Uh, I had fun booing him. So, I like this. From Nick and a bunch of numbers, I had fun booing him and Russell on Friday night, but I wasn't booing that, uh, wasn't happy that more fans booed Brian. Yeah, look, if you want to have fun with it, like, that's part of the fun. Like, let's have some fun with it. Sure, fans can boo him for those comments. Like, that's part of it. But making it a huge story, like, your story for two days was bad form. It was stupid. It was bad. Uh, Kyle, am I going to see you at Bush this month from the Fisher from the Fishman 19? Maybe, maybe. Let me know when you're going to be there. Uh, my month is is chaos. Uh, we have like six little league games this month because of all the rain. Uh, more than that, I think actually. And uh, working out and trying to take care of myself and all that stuff. And also playoffs. I'll be at game four tomorrow. Uh, hit one for eleven is boy. Oh god, yeah, he played awful too. Uh, hey Quinn, what's up? Uh, what's up, Jay Ferg? Hey Jay Ferg, what's up, brother? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's talk about the nuke shot Carlson hit. Yeah, look, there's no way that that thing. Uh, you, by the way, Dylan, Dylan Carlson turned on a pitch at, in Springfield last night, and there's no way that thing was 414 feet away. That thing was 430, if not 440 feet. Uh, if you remove that building out in right field, it was a shot. What we're learning about Dylan Carlson is if you pitch him inside with a fastball and a hitter's count, he turns on it. That's become his power alley, his power zone right now. I won't spoil the Deadwood movie. I would never. Hey, Kendra Nicole. Hey, to Kendra Nicole. I haven't seen you in here in a while. It's a pleasure, Kendra. I hope your life is going really well. And also to Drake Mann. A good evening, Kyle and everyone. Cheers with McAllen. Ah, oh, you're my hero, Van Grack. Uh, any update on minor leaguers getting 100K and a slick benefits package yet from Timothy Bryce? Uh, Mr. Bryce, there is no new information on that. It looked like it was steaming ahead. And then it kind of like once it started getting publicity, and I think Toronto was a team that started paying their players just a little bit more, uh, it kind of died out. And you're, you might be onto something. Maybe it's time to restoke those flames. Uh, do you ever hide food in your beard? Uh, I, like Jolly Ranchers, I like to have a little piece of candy. And if I can just like, you know, lick a Jolly Rancher and stick it down here somewhere, uh, it also gets to my bloodstream quicker. Uh, but then I can just like pull at it. It gets something nice. I like sugary substances in my beard. Uh, hey, Kyle, has Rasmus waxed his sideburns yet? Uh, from GAJ. Uh, yeah, GAJ13. Uh, no, no, man. You know that guy is as close to looking like Wolfman as possible. He's like Wolfman with alopecia. Uh, it's just stringy hair all over his face. He hasn't gotten a haircut since he stopped playing baseball. He hasn't waxed since he stopped playing baseball. It's just nasty amounts of clumpy, clumpy yet stringy hair all over that guy's face. Uh, uh, what is future Hall of Famer? Oh, where is future Hall of Famer Juan Yepes? He's in extended spring training with Nick Plummer and uh, Bryce Denton and also Andrew Warner. Uh, can I get an Edmund update from not really? He's the MVP of the, uh, the Memphis Redbirds. Look, Tommy Edmund has been amazing. He played a little bit of center field when the Cardinals ran out of uh, outfielders at the current level. Um, he was pretty, he did really, really well in center field as well as you can expect him to. He's been the catalyst at the top of the Memphis lineup. Uh, last I checked, he was hitting it, like it was like three, or 300, 364 something. He was doing really well, man. Doing really well, playing really well defensively all over the field. Uh, yo, yo, Pad, what's up? Uh, I thought we should have dealt Reyes two years ago. Trade value plummeted. Yeah, yeah. The problem is the Cardinals needed Alex Reyes to be what he was capable of being, and after he made his major league debut, he really just showed. Like, he made his major league debut, and you're like, all right, he's going to stick. He's good. And then he got hurt, and then he was hurt, and then he got hurt, and now he's hurt. So, looking at it, like, sure, if you could have upgraded your team and got, like, 
Chris Sale or something like that, then yeah, maybe you move, you would have moved Reyes. But it doesn't make sense for this organization. That's just not something that they would have done. And then he was hurt, and his stock price plummeted. Finally tried the Knob Creek 120-proof Wolf. Yeah, we had that a couple weeks back. Uh, to you, Jay Dizzy, I raised my glass. I love that. Uh, I love all that knob. Or as my buddy Greg would say, I love knob. Trying to be like cool, but really, he's not cool at all. That's uh, my buddy Greg, by the way. He and his wife Danielle, hopefully, about ready to bring their first child into this world. I love the Eschelbach family. A Seidel asks, who do you like? I like you, boy. Uh, who is the best but also realistic prospect for us to draft tomorrow? You know, I guess as we start talking about the Major League Baseball draft, uh, which happens tomorrow, round one, and the comp rounds will be tomorrow. Here's what's going to happen. is The first five picks are pretty clear cut. Now, they're going to go in kind of a weird order after you get past Adley Rushman and uh, uh, Bobby Witt 1-2. After that, Andrew Vaughn's going to go. J.J. Blade is going to go. Probably C.J. Abrams, uh, Riley Green, uh, like that. That first six, they're, the back three might be in a weird order, but they're going to be the first six. From six to maybe even like fifty, maybe not the six to like thirty-five. All of those guys are kind of interchangeable. It just depends on what a team wants. So, who's the most realistically like most talented player that we could get? I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I think that the Cardinals are in a great position to draft a really talented player. Uh, teams are going to be relying heavily on their scouts and their own evaluation systems when it comes to this draft, maybe more so than in prior drafts, because all of these guys are kind of the same. All of the collegiate middle infielders are the same. All of the prep right-handers are like the same. All of the collegiate pitchers are kind of the same. Uh, you know, George Kirby, to me, uh, over Lodolo, uh, he's the premier pitcher in the draft. If there's some way George Kirby could fall to 19, that'd be amazing. Uh, uh, I don't like Zach Thompson out of Kentucky. Like, if all things go wrong, you get him in 19. That's not terrible, but that's who I'd stay away from. I like Brennan Malone a lot. He's my favorite prep right-hander. Uh, I think all of those middle infielder, uh, middle infielders from Josh Young to Will Wilson to Logan Davidson, uh, they're all amazing, similar type players. There isn't a whole lot that like differentiates them. Uh, uh, Allen, the uh, uh, outfielder for North Carolina, he seems like a prototypical like this is the kind of guy that the Cardinals would draft. Uh, there are what I'm getting at is after six, the draft becomes a complete roll of the dice, more so than in the last couple years, and I'm really excited about that. It's going to make it kind of a fun watch and a total shit show. Uh, Roy McAvoy says Tommy Emden played a really solid third. He does. He plays a solid everywhere, man. What have you seen in Ozuna doing differently to be so much better this year? Uh, I think it's going to be difficult to let Ozuna walk in free agency. So let's pump the brakes on Marcelo Ozuna a little bit. Uh, one thing that's getting lost is in his last... Okay, so for the first like 14 games of the season, he was amazing. Since For over like, his last 40 games, he has a sub-800 OPS. Uh, he's not getting on base more than like 30% of the time, like 31% of the time. He's gotten better, but he was so good at the start that the regression that he's had, it's kind of like making his numbers look better than what they might actually be. Uh, again, I want to say that over his last 40 games, his on-base plus slugging is like right at 800, like 806, 796, something like that. So I, I, want, I understand. Now, the power's there. Again, people love the RBI stat. That's great and everything. Uh, the Cardinals were having trouble driving in runs, so a guy driving in runs is really important. But let's pump the brakes a little bit as we start talking about bringing Marcelo Zuna back next year. 
I think we're reacting a little strongly to what we've seen uh, that that flash start along with like one week in the middle there that was dominant. Let's see what it looks like. Uh, what do I think's changed to make him more productive than he was at this time last year? That shoulder. I think that shoulder is healthy. Everything else looks the same. And I think he's having fun. Like, Marcelo Zuna's a goofy guy. Like, Jose Martinez gets a lot of play because he's kind of a goofy guy. But Marcelo Zuna is almost as weird. Uh, but it's kind of like low-key weird. And I think he's just more himself, and I think that that's contributing to it. Uh, do we blame Matheny what's going on for Reyes? No, we blame Mabry. Uh, Will Wilson or Bust from Rebby Grill. The NC State clan is strong. I'll read some draft articles, and I see a lot of NC State guys on the radar. What's the connection with NC State from Toondog? Well, Evan Mendoza and Andrew Kisner are there. But the truth is they, they, like, they pride their program in like, prepping them for the major leagues. Uh, they, they, they preach approach, and they preach class act, and they, uh, pre- they, they preach uh, like scholastic smart. So these kids, like... They're not kids. They, they recruit for, like, men. And I think that's the connection. I think NC State is a really strong Major League Baseball pipeline right now. Uh, they just seem to produce players that are more than just players. Uh, what do you think it takes to get Marcus Stroman? Man, you know, I would think that to get Marcus Stroman, you're talking about a year and a half of control. Uh, more than it, would ta- than it took the Pirates to get, uh, 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 what's his name? Why can't I think of, oh my god, I'm so stupid. Archer. Um, I, you know, so Dylan Carlson, a comparison to Austin Meadows, uh, Baz would be, I, maybe Alex Reyes, Dylan Carlson, and Junior Fernandez, something like that. Uh, maybe probably more than that. I uh, can't wait for DeWitt to be a cheap ass and let Ozuna walk. Is Alaris on the DL? Uh, I don't know. To be honest with you, I haven't paid attention. Is there any truth to John Heyman's story about Card's interest in Keiko? Look, the thing about Keiko and Kimbrell and Heyman is that Heyman is the publicist pretty much for Scott Boris. So I'm sure that there's truth. I'm sure the Cardinals checked in to see where he was at, both health and monetary asking price-wise. Uh, but I don't think, look, that's not a Cardinals move. That's not a prototypical Cardinals move. Uh, are you interested in Dak Thomas or nervous about his history? I'm not necessarily nervous about his history because a lot of the pitchers in this draft, believe it or not, have like arm issues. A lot of them have every pitcher in this draft except for, in my opinion, George Kirby and Brennan Malone from a like a pipe like from a, a prep standpoint have huge question marks. Uh, so I like him. I think he's good. Again, I wouldn't want him at 19. Uh, he'd be one of the guys I'd stay away from, depending on what the other talent is. But if the talent that I like is off the board, then I'm cool with them taking Zach Thompson, uh, lefty out of Kentucky. How about card cards? Reese Pete on mowing the front, uh, well often, and speaks to fans' frustration. I didn't read it. I'm sorry. Uh, Wayno is good again, I guess. Yeah, it's been an interesting season for Wayno. Uh, I want us to get the Oregon State catcher Adley from Eric Thomas. Well, you're going to have to wait about a year and trade for him. Uh, is Ponce in the doghouse or something? Prefer him over Cabrera right now. I do not. I prefer Cabrera over Ponce. Uh, look, Cabrera is better. And I don't know what everyone saw in Philadelphia, but it appears to be something different than what I saw. I thought Genesis Cabrera was fantastic in Philadelphia. He got beat on a single to left field by Bryce Harper and then a home run by Bryce Harper. Other than that, he got fucked by bad defense, got squeezed in a tight strike zone a little bit. Uh, I want to see Henesis. I want to see what Henesis has right now. I want to see if he can contribute at the major league level. Ponce isn't in the doghouse. He just struggles to throw strikes and isn't necessarily super effective right now at the minor league level. Uh, And Henesis wasn't exactly either, but he worked on his mechanics. He smoothed out his mechanics. He got more on balance and he was throwing more strikes. That version of Henesis Cabrera that we saw on Tuesday night or whatever night it was, Wednesday night, 
that's a pitcher in the major leagues, no doubt about it. Are cards in on Keuchel or uh, Kluber? I don't think so. I doubt it. Uh, is, Ken, is Ryan Helsley currently in the Memphis rotation? He is. Uh, what's your view on the third base studs, Gorman and Montero? Well, Montero has been hurt. He's been healthy. He's been hurt. When he's played, he struggled at first and then showed signs. Uh, Gorman struggled and he's worked his way out of it, which is really impo- like really, really impressive. I love that. Uh, my philosophy is we're only a month into the minor league season. Remember, the minor league or two months into the minor league season. Minor league season started on April 4th. Let's give these guys some time. I like the fact that Gorman worked out of his uh, slump. And it appears to be a positive. We'll see where it goes from here. He's kind of had a... He had a home run this weekend, but he's kind of had a power drought. He hit the home run. Let's see if it sparks more power. Uh, when will we? When will my man Colton win a gold glove? Jay Ferg, it looks like this year, bud. Hey, Kyle, has Rasmus waxed his sideburns yet? I love it. All right, I'm going to spin ahead a little bit. I'm a little behind. Uh, how many Little League dingers are you hitting from Intern Maddie, my good friend Intern Maddie? Intern Maddie, it was a pleasure to meet you uh, at the Blues game a little while back. To you, sir. Truth be told, one of my little leaguers pitched to me, and I almost took him deep. Uh, to be honest, downtown St. Louis is boring and dangerous. Suburbs are great, though. Look, I don't think the suburbs are great. I love downtown St. Louis. Uh, I love all of the municipalities in the city of St. Louis. The suburbs, the county suburbs, are boring as shit. I hate to be that way, but look, the hills in the city, the central west ends in the city, Southampton's in the city. Like... The city is amazing. Downtown's not that dangerous. If the further you go north, the more dangerous it is. That is a fact. But if you stay within the downtown corridor, it's not that dangerous. Uh, not any more dangerous than any other city in the in America. Uh, definitely not more dangerous than Chicago can be. Uh, but it's all about staying south of the Del Mar Divide. Other than that, you're relatively fine. Uh, there are little pockets in deep south city that can be weird and some other little areas like Bebo Mill that are bad. Uh, the suburbs, per se, the, the county suburbs are shit. It's the worst. Uh, you know, it's family living, and that's just not for me. Uh, but the city itself uh, in downtown is fine. I, I spend plenty of time downtown. I plen- spend plenty of time in the city. Uh, I, I'm almost there exclusively as a point. Uh, it's fine. Uh, is Waka a DFA candidate soon? I would think so, Braden Brown. What you drinking? I am drinking this, the Bourbon uh, Kentucky Vintage here. And again, the reason I chose it is I, I'm a huge Deadwood fan, and I watched the the the, the movie version of Deadwood, uh, and I just wanted something that felt like I was at the Gem Saloon. Uh, let's give Cleveland whatever they want for Lindor and have some fun. I'd be, I'd love to see what that would take. Between the Cardinals, uh, by the way, the Cardinals are 3-0 since I got my signed to Young Ball from Josh. I love it. Uh, who should we be looking at in the draft from Nick at 00231? Uh, you know, again, like, there are plenty of people you want to look at. Uh, Quentin Priester, they've been, uh, uh, linked with the right-hander, the high school right-hander who taught himself how to throw. Uh, Michael Bush. Uh, 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 Brennan Malone, who I love, Josh Young, Logan Davidson. I like Brett Batty, Beatty, but I don't think he's going to be there. Uh, I'm weird about Jackson Rutledge. I have no feel for him. Corbin Carroll might fall. Alex Manoa might fall. I think MLB Pipeline says that Bryson Stout, who looks, or Bryson Stott, who kind of looks like a Colby Rasmus clone at the plate to me, uh, might be available at 19. Shea Langoliers, who's the second best catcher in the draft, he could be interesting at 19. Uh, again, after you get to the top like six or seven picks, the draft is going to be the Wild West, and it's going to be exciting. 
Uh, what's your current view on Jake Woodford? Still looking good to the eye test. I'll tell you what. Now, it's one, it was one of his least statistically impressive starts so far this year. But his last start earlier this week was his most commanding start so far. He didn't strike out as many, but he also didn't walk as many. Uh, let up a few more runs than he has. The issue is that he doesn't bury his pitches. Uh, he... Since he started incorporating kind of a nasty breaking pitch, he doesn't locate it particularly well. And then he'll live a little too high and in the strike zone a little too often. So, But what it's allowed him to do by living high in the strike zone with his fastball is really set up that breaking pitch, that curve, really, really well at the AAA level. He just needs to get the command uh, straightened out. And then if you can just command that breaking pitch and command it in, in uh, conjunction with the fastball, then we're all good. Uh, do you think we will try to sign Ozuna? I do not. Uh, cheers from Mexico. Hey, Alex Bello, carry on. Uh, to Alex, I raise my glass. He's one of my favorite people on Twitter. I love him. Uh, cheers from Mexico, he says. When can teams sign amateur players from here? Is there a date? Now, again, I think... Uh, so, Alex, I'm a little rusty on that. And let me tell you why. Because, what was it, a year ago they changed that rule? Uh, it was a, a whole different thing, right? I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, but... They had an agreement, and then that agreement fell apart. I, I don't exactly know what the rule was. I think that with the Mexican kids, uh, the players playing in the Mexican league, I think is if they're under the age of 19, then they still have to be a part of the international signing period. But if they're older than that and have been played professional, then they can sign whenever. Uh, Kyle, I got a, a, a Balvene, a double wood for 30 bucks. That's awesome, Fly the J. That's awesome, Mr. Niehaus. Uh, Plumber being bad, wow, shock. Carlson is five months older than me, so whenever he does something good, it makes me feel unsuccessful. Well, that's good news, uh, uh, Quinn, because you are unsuccessful as compared to Mr. Uh, Dylan Carlson. And imagine how I am. He's like 12 years younger than me. He's like half my age. And he's substantially more successful than I'll ever be already. And by the time that that young man maxes out, potential all-star candidate... Uh, he has the potential to be an all-star in the future if it all comes together. Uh, he's going to make you feel very, very unsuccessful for what is hopefully a very, very long time. Uh, do you ben Mazera says, do you envision O'Neal being a trade candidate for a starting pitcher, i.e. Bumgarner? I would imagine he would be involved in a package. Look, uh, whether I think the Cardinals should trade... Well, let me... Whether I want the Cardinals to trade Tyler O'Neill or not, look, at this point, if you can upgrade your team, you have to do it. And it's also in the best interest of Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill would, I, he, he's at the point where he deserves a chance to play every day at the major league level, even if it's on a team tanking or a bad team or something like that. Uh, I would think that, like, O'Neill would be a nice little piece if you're going to go get Marcus Stroman. Uh, Plummer, I don't think Plummer is at Palm Beach. I think he's at extended spring training. Who looks good from the international pool? Cards have a lot of money. Uh, if I remember correctly. So the, the Cardinals international pool money is wide open again. They aren't under that restricted to sign one player to $300,000. Uh, they can sign one player to like $5 million if they want. But I'm not in the international market at all. Look, I'm familiar with the players in it, but I try to stay away from it. You're talking about signing 16 or 16, 17 year old kids who, in all honesty, the way that that market is set up, have probably already been in, in agreement with their teams for a couple years now. Uh, it's just not really my bag. And the system is not like clear-cut free agency. It's not the draft. It's kind of a farce of a system. So I don't really pay that much attention until they find their way into the organization. Uh, I'm going to keep bugging you until you buy MLB The Show. Uh, seedly. Seedly. My bad. I saw a mock draft that had St. Louis taking the Mizzou kid. Yeah, so Cameron Misner is kind of an interesting player. Uh, you can see the raw tools of a potential impact Major League bat. But... He struggled in SEC play, and that really hurt his stock. 
And he also did not look comfortable at the plate. Like, it wasn't just not producing. It was not looking good at the plate. Uh, look, if the Cardinals take Misner at 19, depending on what else is there, I wouldn't be disappointed about that. Again, there's a crop of about 30 prospects that could possibly be available at 19. That would be a good, a good, good investment for the Cardinals. Uh, does Carlson have the best swing in the organization? It leaves me in awe every time I see it. It gets better and better, too. Again, I, my own personal observation, I could be wrong here, but what you saw out of Dylan Carlson entering this year was a player who was a little bit more defensive with his swing, and that's not to be unexpected for a player as young as he was playing in the levels that he playing the levels he was playing at. It was necessary, and he held his own. What you're seeing out of Dylan Carlson now is complete and utter, not offensive domination, that's not fair, but... It's complete confidence in himself, uh, and he's taking better swings, and he's, he's getting more aggressive in counts that he can be aggressive in, and he's trusting himself, uh, and it's beautiful. His swing is beautiful, no doubt about it. Uh, Hunter Bishop brought, you know, so that's the other thing is Hunter Bishop, uh, 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 I'm going to call him an outfielder, potential center fielder out of Arizona State. He, he looked like a, a surefire top five pick. And he really struggled in Pac-12 play. And now there's a chance that he falls out of the top 10, maybe even out of the top 15. If Hunter Bishop is available at 19, which seems like a, a long shot right now, the Cardinals would absolutely have to draft him. Uh, anything could happen. Staying behind the ball. Uh, stupid question, maybe. Do we have one hitter in the minors you think has superstar potential? Look, I'll be honest with you. I... It all depends on what you or how you view a superstar. Like, I think the Cardinals have potential all-stars in Nolan Gorman and Dylan Carlson, uh, Lane Thomas, honestly, although watching his approach is off right now. He just looks off balance. Uh, I think they have guys who, if they max out, they can be all-stars. Do they have a guy that you would think would like be inducted into the Cardinal Hall of Fame? I'll be honest with you. I don't think they do. I don't think that they have that like rare, superseding talent. I would have added Andrew Kisner to that list of players who could potentially be all-stars in the future. Uh, I think that they have a deficiency of starting pitching after what's on the surface. Uh, you know, superstar is a tough question because I'm really particular about how I define a superstar. Like, the superstars are the 1%. Like, when people talk about having an ace in your organization, the organ an ace in Major League Baseball is like the elite 1%. Uh, they're so rare, uh, but they do have players in the minor leagues that are going to have solid major league careers. Like, I'm telling you right now, Dylan Carlson is going to be a switch-hitting version of Steven Piscotty, but a better outfielder. Uh, take that to the bank. I feel confident. It might not happen right away, but it's going to. Uh, and I think, I think that that's like the most likely outcome for him with a higher ceiling than that. And that's a really, really good player. That's a potential all-star, and maybe even for a couple of years. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I don't know what just happened. Uh, things got weird. Uh, my little number thing went away. I don't know what happened. Uh, if we keep missing... Uh, hold on. All right, I'm going to scoot ahead just a little bit, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, but do you think the Azuna wants to stick around? Can we keep him? I would think that with the right amount of money, uh, Marcelo Azuna would gladly stick around. Who said they knew me? Uh, that was uh, Drake Mann. Oh, no, I don't remember who it was. My bad. All teams need at least peak... All teams need to at least peak at Keiko and Kimbrel. Yeah, all competing teams for sure. Uh, doing their due diligence from Randall Rhodes. I see what you did there, Randall. Uh, the problem is kids trying to mix in pitches that aren't fastballs and changeups at a young age. I don't even know what's going on there. Blake Reichert says, I love Henesis, so do I. Everybody's opinion on Cabrera was severely skewed by how the cards obtained him. 
that's part of it too. And you know what you saw? And I'm going to be honest with this. Like, I keep track of stuff like this. When I was scrolling through Twitter during Genesis Cabrera's start, all of the people who were like, that's not enough of a return for Tommy Pham were dogging him. And then people like me who were just like, he pitched well. I was obviously okay with the trade. Uh, Tommy Pham was a whole thing. I still wish they had Tommy Pham. Don't get me wrong, but I get what the Cardinals were trying to do there. Hennessy Cabrera is extremely talented. Let's see what it looks like. Let's not judge it on one start where the Cardinals just decided that he wasn't going to get to pitch a third time through the rotate or the lineup. Uh, that was weird. It was handled weird. It was handled poorly. It was weird. It was handled weird. It was poorly. I don't know what else to say. Uh, does Wayno? Uh, does Wong have any trade value from uh, uh, Moon Dog? 24. I would, yeah, look, Wong has trade value. There aren't a lot of guys on the 25 man roster that don't have trade value. Like, I would think that all of the moving parts and the lineup, the everyday players, have trade value with Jed Jerko having just like a weird kind of like, what can you actually get for him? I would think Jairo Munoz has trade value, Matt Wieters, like all of those guys have trade value. So, yeah, I would think Colton Wong has trade value, and I think it would be pretty strong. You know, a, a heavily based. Defensive analytical team, I think, would probably go head over heels for Colton Wong. Uh, Cabrera's stuff is much better than Ponce's. Uh, yeah, but remember, Ponce's, uh, uh, Ponce de Leon, his changeup is pretty amazing. Uh, the strongest Avenger from Whitewater Attorney. Uh, I will say it's Hulk, and I I'm just going to go with evidence in front of me. Even though this won't happen, would love the Cardinals to go all in and get uh, Scherzer at the deadline. That'd be amazing, Hayden March. Uh, Sandry19 says, greetings from Spain, Madrid. Hello, Sandry. Welcome to St. Louis, Missouri, uh, which has absolutely nothing to offer someone from Madrid. Do you think other teams already have deals in place for Keiko and Kimbrell? No, I think that there's a chance that Kimbrell does. But look, the minute that John Heyman went on Twitter and was talking about uh, Dallas Keiko's market and how good he is and how he's already pitching and he might only need a week to pitch, that was the red flag that Mr. Scott Boris urged him ahead and said, hey, you know what, would you please tell the world that Keuchel's ready to pitch right now and hope that some of this fan base puts pressure on their teams to maybe push it a little bit. Uh, I don't think Keuchel does. I don't think Kimbrel does, but I could see it being more likely with him. Uh, I miss Tommy Pham, uh, 305 hitting right now, and be a solid two-hitter ahead of Goldie. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Hello, hola, someone speak Spanish. You know, I think uh, Alex Kirion Velo is in here for a while. He does. I know Cards Gift speaks a little bit of it. I do not. I'm sorry. How much longer is Gorman in Peoria? Well, it's nice to see Gorman starting to break out of it now. I think, and I've been saying that that little corridor... So, here in a little bit, they're going to have to start putting the drafted players on rosters. And I think that's when it becomes interesting. I think that's when he ends up going to Palm Beach. So, you're talking uh, uh, the maybe three weeks. Any big trades coming? I don't think so. Uh, Seedly. Uh, Alan Seedly, I believe, is what it is. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any big trades coming right now. Uh, again, if they're going to trade, I, love, I know everyone loves Madison Bumgarner. I'd rather have Marcus Stroman. I think Marcus Stroman fits better with the Cardinals because of the extra time of control. And I also think the Cardinals could use what they have to get Stroman without really impacting their future, whether that be, you know, Tyler O'Neill and a couple other people. So that's that's the direction that I would go in. If you could make a trade, who's on the table? Uh, if I'm going after someone again, I'm going after Strowman. Uh, and, I mean, you know, all of the moving parts are on the table. What do you think of Jan, Jan Torres's start in Peoria? His slow start in Peoria. Now, uh, Jan and Malcolm Nunez both got off to an extremely slow start at Peoria. Now, Malcolm Nunez, about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, 
started busting out of it, and then he's struggling again. Jan Torres took longer to bust out of it, but in like the last week, he's really started to show signs. Uh, what I will tell you is I'm not surprised by the struggle at all. I think we kind of all thought that this was going to happen. Maybe not to this level with the amount of strikeouts. The strikeouts are definitely a concern. Uh, but it's a tough ask for a kid to go from extended spring training, uh, especially like Malcolm Nunez, who had never played stateside before, and then play in Peoria and orient themselves and see breaking pitches that they've never seen when you're already aggressive and free swinging. It's been nice to see both of them adjust their approach a little bit, and I'm anxious to see what it looks like at the end of June. Uh, does this mean I have warning track power? Yeah, even against kids half my age, I have warning track power. Uh, Jay Ferg says, I love St. Louis. I love St. Louis too, buddy. Uh, it would be hard for me to move. I, I have a brother who lives in Portland uh, and opportunities in Colorado sometimes, and it would, it would take the perfect... The, the most ideal situation to get me to Portland because I love the city of St. Louis with every ounce of my being. Uh, I work for the county, uh, but I love the city. The city is where my heart is, and if I'm gone too long from it, I start yearning for it. Who's on the trading block? Again, I would think Tyler O'Neill. I would think uh, Ponce de Leon. I would think Gomber if he gets healthy. Maybe Hannes Cabrera. Maybe Ryan Helsley. Uh, Lane Thomas. Jose Martinez, Jed Jerko, uh, uh, Jairo Munoz, maybe Colton Wong. I doubt that, though. Uh, Michael Waco, depending on what his trade value is. I would think all of those guys are on the block. Uh, what? Oh, by the way, I don't. So just make sure you have your Glock and AK 47. I don't own a gun, and I roam around downtown, and I love it. Uh, what trade chips do the cards have? Uh, we already talked about that. Uh, uh, I was just joking about that, by the way. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I am way behind. Oh, JJ, so real fast, Civil War card says JJ Goss. So JJ Goss goes to the same high school as another highly touted uh, right-handed starter named Matt Thompson. Uh, Goss, I like substantially more. Thompson was more highly touted at the beginning of this scouting session. Now it's Goss. Uh, I like Goss a lot. I, I haven't watched a ton of him. I like his fastball. I like his motion. Some people are worried about his motion, but his motion seems a lot like uh, Americanized Carlos Martinez to me. He, he whips it a little bit more, but he's over the top more than Carlos Martinez. I like Goss a lot. Uh, again, probably not at 19, and the other issue is the Cardinals don't pick again to 58, uh, so he probably he definitely won't be there at 58, but I like Goss. And I'll tell you what, watching his breaking pitch, I think it's a slider. I think he throws a slider and a curve. But both of them looked really, really solid. And I can't remember if it's a slider and a change or a slider and a curve. But they both looked pretty solid at times. I like Goss a lot. Uh, how many rounds are there in the draft? There's 40, uh, including two uh, uh, competitive balance rounds and then two compensation rounds. Uh, all right, I'm going to speed ahead, guys. Uh, can you see my content? I can. Griffin, Robert, or Griffin Roberts' comeback season. Is Fagalde pitching himself into a legit prospect? I wouldn't say he's pitching himself into a legit prospect. Uh, he's a very, very good pitcher. He and Perry Delavelle, uh, they're both very, very good pitchers. Fagalde's better than Perry Delavelle. Uh, but he, I, he's like Anthony Shu, right? Like, has Anthony Shu pitched himself into a prospect? I would say yes. But until Fagalde makes it to and through AA, I'm not there yet. Uh, when can I get one of those Kyle bobbleheads? That'd be amazing. From Lance Dance, our good friend uh, Adam Butler, who I raised my glass to. Do you think the single trade? Do you think the single trade deadline will force the front office to be more aggressive? Uh, I hope so, Adam. Uh, Adam Butler, who I love with all my heart, I really do. I don't know what to expect. Look, I don't think that anything can force this organization to be aggressive if they don't want to be aggressive. Uh, you know, 
They're too reactionary. I don't think they'll be aggressive this year with the single trade deadline or the first year of the single trade deadline because now I can't remember if it happens this year or next year. Uh, I don't expect them, but if if like the situation pushes their hands, they'll be overly aggressive next year because they're a reactionary organization. Uh, blah, blah. I think O'Neal would probably love playing in Toronto. That'd be amazing. I didn't even think about that. Uh, Randall Road says, pay American kids. Minor league baseball should be above above poverty level. I say, I look, I'm not exclusive to paying American kids. Uh, pay anyone who you are, who's under your employ to be, to live above the poverty level. It shouldn't matter if they're American or Dominican or Puerto Rican or Canadian. It shouldn't matter. If you brought them on, you should at least be able to present them with a, a cost of living wage. Uh, oh, so Plummer is back at Palm Beach this weekend. Sorry, I've been so into the draft. Uh, Tyler O'Neill and uh, Randall Gritchick in the same draft signed me up. Uh, Wildcats, my good friend Lucas says, uh, Luis Robert just hit a home run. It hurts my soul. Imagine what it does, uh, does to me. Can we talk about Carter Stewart choosing to go to Japan instead of the draft? Yeah, I love that, Drake, man. I think that's an interesting thing, and I hope a lot more prospects who end up getting fucked over by Major League teams do the same thing. I hope some of these kids who don't get the signing bonuses that they want uh, use that as leverage uh, in this draft, and I hope they follow through on it. If Carter Stewart's good in Japan, he's going to come back, and he's going to make a lot of money, and he's already making more money than he was going to make anyway, so good for him. How's Luke and Baker? So Luke and Baker had a weird two months. His first month, he was getting on base and not striking out a lot, but not hitting for power, and then his second month, he was hitting for power, but striking out a little bit more and not getting on base. He's figuring it out at Palm Beach. Uh, he's been terrible at first base. Uh, uh, welcome, ULP99. It's the first day. Hello, ULP99. How's Lars Newbar doing? Lars has held his own at Palm Beach. Not a whole lot of slug there, uh, but he isn't striking out a lot. And last I saw, his batting average was doing really well. Uh, not walking a ton, but walking enough. Not striking out and holding his own at Palm Beach. So good for Lars Newbar. Uh, where do you think Ethan Small gets taken? I think some team is going to get him between like picks 30 and 40. That's where I think. Maybe 28, something like that. Uh, but I don't expect him to make it past 45. I definitely don't. Like, I don't expect him to make it past 40. I don't think there's any way he makes it past 45. Oh, hey, Tara's in here. I know Tara doesn't booze, but to Tara, I raise my glass. Tara's amazing stuff. Good look at the Cardinals picture at the Make-A-Wish event. John Gant is the best. LOL. Oh, yeah, so I didn't realize that that was a Make-A-Wish event. But I do think that, uh, and I'll side with Ashley here, that John Gant is the most attractive man on the team. I'll just say it. Uh, Andrew Kisner's attractive, too. Uh, I think they're all attractive. I think they're all bangable. I'm just going to say it. Uh, is John Gant the best pitcher in baseball? John Gant is the best pitcher in baseball, no doubt about it. Uh, I literally described Carlson as a switch-hitting biscotti to a friend yesterday. There we go, Chandler Hayes. Welcome to my brain. Uh, uh, and Doyle says, hey, Kyle. What's up, Nathan? So I just joined Who You Want at 19 from uh, 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 Jay, uh, Jalen Hard. Uh, I think I know who that is, but I'm not sure. Who do I want at 19? Honestly, I want Brett Batty to fall to 19. If, if Batty or Beatty is at 19, that's who I want. He's old for a high school player, but I love his swing. Uh, you know, like, if I'm ignoring where people are forecasted to go and stuff like that, I love Brennan Malone. Uh, I love George Kirby. Uh, I love Tyler Callahan, who doesn't have a position, but is an amazing, beautiful left-handed swing. Uh... I like a lot of people, you know, ideally for me, I either want Beatty or, or Kirby at 19 because I think Kirby can be in the majors in 20 months. You know, that, that's how I feel. And I think that Brennan Malone is a lot like 
Shelby Miller was uh, at that same time, but with a better and more projectable breaking pitch. Uh, can we all agree Gallegos was worth Luke vote? Uh, I don't think so. I just tweeted about Kramer Robertson. I think he could be a pesky David Eckstein type. I don't think he has the bat to be a David Eckstein type. He could be a pesky player. He could be a really interesting uh, uh, late-inning substitution, both defensive and as a runner. Uh, to me, he's like the infield version of Adron Chambers. Okay, serious question. Does Yachty pitch calling put our young pitchers in bad spots from Zach Gritton? Look, I have a two-pronged answer to that question, Zach. Uh, 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 Gurton, sorry, my bad. First is Yadier Molina is a Hall of Famer who knows more about pitching than I could ever imagine. And I, just like every 99.9% of the population are stupid to question how he pitches. Now, I do think there's certain things about Yadier Molina uh, that are somewhat old school at this point that haven't necessarily adapted to how baseball has adjusted. And I'd like to see him maybe learn a little bit from like Matt Wieters and some of the stuff that Andrew Kisner was doing. Uh, I know that that sounds crazy, but I just think being a little bit more aggressive on the inside half of the plate uh, is step one, and then using breaking pitches more often when you're behind in count is step two. Uh, that's not really his MO. Are you a big Donald Trump fan? Oh boy, not touching that. With a 99 and a half foot pole. No, he's a trash human being. Uh, what do you make of Yachty's injuries? Should we be concerned about a long-term IL stint? I don't think we should be concerned because I like the combination of Weeders and Kisner, honestly. Uh, but uh, beside that, um, I think that... Uh, yeah, look, if you use if you lose Yachty for a long period of time, it's dangerous. But at least now, for the first time, we have a backup catcher and a backup catching situation that allows it to be okay. I'm not worried about a long-term IL stint for Yachty. What I'm worried about is Yachty being Yachty and being somewhat thick-headed and rushing back from an injury that's a torn ligament. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, do you shave your head because you like the way it looks or because you are going bald? I definitely, very stupid man, have male pattern baldness. Uh, you can see it right here and there. And believe it or not, I don't really shave it. I kind of buzz it, and I have super blonde hair, like platinum blonde hair when it grows out. Uh, so it just kind of looks like it's completely shaved. But here, I'll get right in there. You can actually see the male pattern baldness, like right in this area. And it's the, the top male pattern baldness. Like I didn't even get the cool one where it's bald here, so I could pretend like I have hair for like another 10 years. I'm just fucked all the way around, very stupid man. I love you too, buddy. I want to say real fast, I'm going to raise my glass to very stupid man. I love very stupid man. Love him. <laughs> Open your eyes, Magoo. I can't. I'm blind. Uh, Espanol is amazing. I would love to learn Spanish. My brother Scott has a pretty strong uh, command of the Spanish language. He understands it better than he speaks it, but he can speak it too. And I'm envious of that. By the way, uh, I want to raise my glass real fast on a sentimental note to my brothers. Uh, my brother Jim, who lives in Kansas and bugs the shit out of me, but he has a family who I haven't seen in a long time because I'm a terrible uncle. Uh, but m more specifically, my brother Scott, who has been taking me to playoff hockey games and who is an amazing, generous, and caring man. Uh, I'll be at game four tomorrow night because of my brother Scott. And also to uh, the light of my life, uh, my better half, my brother Michael. Uh, sorry, Ashley, I apologize. But my brother Michael, who lives in Portland, I got to spend last weekend with my brother Michael in Portland. And Eric Thomas, I'm sorry I didn't reach out to you, but I love my brother Michael. He's... He, I'm not myself unless Michael's around. I'm not fully myself unless Michael's around. So to my brothers, all three of them, I raise my glass. I love all three of you uh, really more than anything.
Nationals should rebuild. I want Scherzer. I agree. Uh, Engelbert underscore says Cardinals blow. Uh, look, if there was a type of blow called Cardinals, I'd, I'd definitely start it. Had to watch the end of the cards game last night on Reddit since Fox was showing kids cooking. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, someone got muted by the moderator. Uh, you look like such an idiot squinting like that from... Oh, no, I agree. No doubt about it. I definitely look like an idiot. I'm happy. I'll admit it. Uh, finally here, who you won at 19, Kyle. Uh, so again... I don't know, if, and I don't know, and I don't think that these guys will be available, but I love Brennan Malone. I love Josh Young. Uh, I, I love Brett Beatty. Uh, like, that's who I would like to be. If there's a chance Hunter Bishop falls to 19, which, I mean, there's like a 1% chance that happens, that'd be amazing. There's a chance Corbin Carroll falls. I'd be okay with that. Uh, you know, so, I mean, truth, we all have our preference in the middle infielders, again, between Davidson and Shoemake and uh, uh, Wilson and Young. I I'd be happy with any of those guys. Uh, I don't like... Uh, uh, God, there's certain things you don't want. you got to be careful not to say because it ends up uh, you know, eating you. Like Matthew Allen, the, uh, and I, I wanted to look it up just to make sure I got the right. So what I've been doing is I've been getting Matthew Allen and Michael Bush mixed up because they're two generic white names. Uh, I'm not as big of a fan of Michael Bush, who's an outfielder from North Carolina. He's a... I've compared Corbin Carroll to A.J. Pollock, but it seems to me like Michael Bush is maybe a little bit more A.J. Pollock than that without the ability to play center field. Uh, I just like... Michael Bush is boring to me. He's kind of vanilla. I don't see him coming into his power the way that a lot of other people do. But uh, Allen, the pitcher, who is a, a fastball curveball pitcher, like uh, Matthew Allen, I like him quite a bit. Like, that'd be an interesting pick at 19. Uh, again, after you get past the top six prospects in the draft, six or seven prospects in the draft... It's going to be a free-for-all, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, no way the cards trade Colton Wong. I don't think so either. How about drafting Drake Fellows from Vanderbilt? You know, I don't know a lot about Drake Fellows. I, I, he's one of the few people, not one of the few, because there's a million and a half kids who are about ready to be drafted, but he's one of the prospects I don't know a lot about. I'm, I'm very, very unfamiliar after you get past the top 100. Uh, I've been trying to soak in as much. So here's what I do is, like, Every day I get in, and I'm like, I want to I, I wanna know 100 through 200. And then I get so focused on that crop between, like, 10 and 45, trying to decide who I want the Cardinals to take at 19, that I can't, like, get myself out of that bag. Oh, hey -o. Uh, 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 Minmo, hey -o. Ha has, uh, what's Sosa been doing lately? I watched, uh, Sammy, Sammy, I watched Edmundo Sosa hit an opposite field home run on a pitch low, uh, in the zone. That's kind of what Edmundo Sosa does. He's been doing exactly what you would expect. Uh, he's playing okay. His numbers match up to what you've seen in the past. Playing a very good defensive infield all over the place. Uh, from Caden MW, how much longer until I can see Gorman in Springfield? Sorry if you already answered this. Answer your questions away. We don't have a problem with that. Ask him over and over again. Look, I think you're talking about next year in Springfield for Nolan Gorman. I think more than likely Gorman finishes the year out in Palm Beach and then next year starts at Springfield. Or maybe starts at Palm Beach and finds his way to Springfield next year. Uh, wasn't Gant a starting pitcher at some point? Will he ever get another look? I think there's a chance that John Gant comes to camp next year with the potential to be a starting pitcher. I don't think it happens this year because as we saw today, he's way too valuable to the bullpen to take him out. Uh... I wish the Cardinals would draft 30th every year. That'd be amazing. Of course, that would probably mean that more than likely it was a competitive balance pick or something like that. Uh, like Because of the way that teams lose draft picks for free agents and things like that. Anyways, I'm trying to be too clever. That'd be amazing. 
Uh, Card's apparently one of the favorites for Keuchel. Again, that seemed a little bit like John Heyman being asked by Scott Boris to fish some stuff out there, to uh, you know, to bait some stuff out there to me than anything. Uh, when I heard Bill DeWitt III talk about it just a month ago, and again, a month, a lot changes in a month, but it didn't sound like they were interested at all. Uh, again, I think that's more Heyman than anything. Heyman Boris. Uh, Quinn says, apparently my brother goes to school with a kid who's projected to be drafted in the top 50. Find out who it is. Uh, Gant was a good starter last year, lost out to Dakota this year. Yeah, in spring training. And you know what? Other than the two starts against Milwaukee, Dakota's been really, the two starts against Milwaukee in Milwaukee, Dakota's been pretty good. Could Yachty missing time uh, be one of the best things that could happen to this team? I don't know about one of the best things that could happen to this team, but I definitely think if he's only going to miss a little bit of time, it might be the best thing to happen for him. And also, again, if you're looking at it from the big picture, like if you're the Cardinals front office, it gives you a chance to see what Andrew Kisner can do at a major league level in a limited basis, like playing one out of every three games. Maybe Yachty comes back. Maybe Kisner's shown that he's major league ready to both catch and hit. And then maybe, whether you're good or bad, you feel comfortable with that and you can trade Matt Wieters for an asset. It's not something that I am 100% on board with exactly, but it's, a, it's not the worst thing to happen to the Cardinals for sure. Uh, Kyle, is John Gant more attractive than Dakota Hudson? So let me tell you, this is how I look at it. Like Dakota Hudson looks like GQ model, uh, uh, attractive, right? He's kind of like the American boy next door. And John Gant just kind of looks like the kind of guy who would fuck your brains out. Uh, let's see. Fun question. If you're Schilt, do you start Weeders or Kisner from now on? If, Josh, my answer to that is two out of every three games go to Weeders. Uh, and then the third one goes to Kisner. I'd use Kisner off the bat, off the bench a little bit more late in games. Then Weeders was being used, but that's how I'd handle it. Tony Cruz was a god, absolutely. Uh, Scott Boris has Heyman's Twitter again, mentioning cards for leverage. Sounds about right to me. Uh, Weeders just passed Brzezinski for Yachty's best backup. That happened the minute they signed him. Uh, no worries. Glad you got to see your brother. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Portland loves street poop from Cracker Liquid. Uh, which brother did you take the crotch shot of? That's my brother Scott, very stupid man. Uh, so whenever we go to a, a sporting event, I like to sneak take a picture of my brother's crotch, my brother Scott's crotch, and send it to him later on. Uh, it's just something that I do that I find funny because I'm a fucking degenerate maniac. Uh, finally got home to tour taking pad to our good friend Steve Eller. We raise our glass. Steve, welcome to pad. You've got to be kidding me. A 450-foot bomb by Luis Robert. What a mensch. Uh, hey, Matt Thompson. Our good friend Matt Thompson. Check out the draft coverage of Prospect Live. Videos are 90% of top prospects. So, I, so uh, we were talking in our group chat about Prospect Live. Our good, our good friend Pat B said that he was listening to the podcast about the draft. I haven't had time to listen to it. But, again, for, for the, the people that are in here right now, if you haven't checked out Prospect Live, check out all their stuff, uh, whether it be the, pro the, the prospect write-ups, the draft write-ups, the podcast. If Pat B says it's good, it's good, I promise you. Uh, strap in with the, with the Prospect Live people. They're amazing. I love Matt Thompson, too, who's in here right now. Uh, I just love what they do. I think it's amazing. And I I'm sorry I haven't had time to check it out or listen to it. Uh, but uh, I'm, maybe one of these days I'll get time, Matt. But keep up the great work, my friend. Uh, bring back Forrest Griffin. Oh, God. Uh, do you like Bryson Stout? So Chicago, uh, Chi-Town Cardinal. Let me tell you my view on Bryson Stout. Like, I like him. He's a talented player. But what mind fucks me about Bryson Stott is when I watch him in the, in the fucking, uh, in, in the batter's box, I, I feel like I'm watching Colby Rasmus. And it mind fucks me because I was never a big Colby Rasmus fan. Uh, and I just like, I think he's talented, 
I think he might more than likely ends up at third in the long run, which is fine because his bat probably profiles there pretty well. But, like, I watch him, and I'm like, that's Colby Rasmus. That is motherfucking Colby Rasmus. And it just, it throws me for a loop, and I can't, like, get through it. So, at 19, if he's there at 19, I'm all about it. Alan, Matt, Matt Allen wants $4 million to sign, reportedly. Whew. That's, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Where's the Arizona Diamondbacks? Somebody get a hold of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Maybe they can give $10 million between Matt Allen and Jack Leiter. Uh, do you think Logan Davidson can stick it short? I think that there's a chance. I view him as athletic enough for it. Uh, you know, the thing about guys like like Logan Davidson is when they get to the next level, how they're reading balls off the bat. I, I think he's athletic enough for it. I think he has the tools to stay. But the reads are really where it becomes questionable to me. And I think that an organization that is good about positioning their players would really maximize someone like Logan Davidson. Uh, no pad draft tomorrow due to the Blues game. Yeah, that's correct, guys. I'm sorry about that. Look, I, and then I thought about doing, like, a special pad between periods in Enterprise, but I don't want to do that. I, I want to be able to watch the draft, and I won't be able to watch the draft because we'll be doing pad on the phone. So maybe if the Blues, or maybe if the Cardinals make their selection in between, you know, before the second and third intermission, or the second intermission, rather, let me start over. Maybe if the Cardinals make their selection before the second intermission, I'll do, like, a quick little shout-out to what's going on there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sorry, no pad draft episode because of game four. Could not signing Robert be one of DeWitt's biggest failures? It's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, two of, just in recent memory, the first two things that come to my mind in DeWitt and Moe's big failures, not sealing the deal with Luis Robert and not actively pursuing, uh, uh, Bryce Harper. My own opinion. Uh, I watched Fellows in his complete game and he had good stuff, just had a bad command. Now that's bad. Uh, wasn't following you up until this point. Definitely giving you a follow up for this type of content. Hey, it's my pleasure. Look, uh, Prospects After Dark is a community, uh, Sam Lisby. Uh, we, we appreciate you being a part of this. Uh, look, I pride myself in just having honest communication. I'm, I'm wrong a lot of the time. Uh, I want you to help set me straight. I want information that you have so that you can set me straight. You can set people straight. Like, I want good, honest communication, and I want it to be fun. That's why we drop F-bombs. That's why we joke around. Like, I just want it to be like a raw, natural feeling thing, and I'm glad that you're a part of it, and I hope it's something that you continue to enjoy. Uh, sorry, just got here. Who do you think the Cardinals take at 19 tomorrow from Vanilla 2413? I think, again, I, I might be on the fringe here, but I think after, like, the first six or seven picks, I think the first round is going to be the Wild West. I think from picks, like, potentially even from, like, five to the end of the draft, or five through at least day one, could end up just being a complete crapshoot and dice rolling. I don't think it's easy to project who's going to go there, but like some of my per personal favorite players who have a small chance of being, being available at that spot, I love Brennan Malone, I love Brett Beatty, I love uh, uh, Josh Young, I like, I like Wilson, I like... Davidson, I like I like a lot of players. The thing is, at 19, the way the draft is going to go, it's going to be very, very quick, very, very aggressive. Uh, again, I think that the Cardinals are in a good position where they're going to be able to capitalize. I love George Kirby. Again, if I could, if I could will one person to the Cardinals, I think it'd be George Kirby because I think he gets to the majors quick, uh, and I think he's, I think he's, in my opinion, George Kirby is the best collegiate arm in the draft. Um, I, I like that. I don't think he makes it to them at 19. Uh, I, you know, I, I know a lot of people are saying Michael Bush. I see that. 
Quinn Priester, I see that a little bit too. You know, the thing with Priester is he taught himself how to pitch. He isn't like classically trained to pitch. So people are weird about that. Uh, there's going to be plenty of options at 19. Who do I want? I would magically, because I love his swing, I would want Brett Beatty to fall to 19, but it's not going to happen. Uh, can you confirm whether or not you'd shave your beard to sign with the Yankees? Thanks. I want the Cardinals to pay up for Jack Leiter. I've talked myself into it. I want the Cardinals to pay up for someone, Matt Thompson. But Matt, just that very sentence, I want the Cardinals to pay up, pretty much excludes Jack Leiter from being in the being in the conversation. Uh, Gant doing rails off the booty type. Oh, no. John Gant is definitely the, like, hey, let's go to the bathroom, do a quick fuck, and then I'll snort cocaine uh, off of my own 10-foot dick. I'm still depressed we lost out on Luis Robert. Me too, John Greco. I sent you the Robert bomb in your DM. Thank you, Kentucky Wild or Wildcats24. Uh, do you enjoy pineapple on pizza or are you just a communist? Well, I am both a communist and enjoy pineapple on my pizza. Decompress that one, motherfucker. No, uh, I don't have a problem with, with uh, uh, pineapple on a pizza, man. I like good food. I like tasty things. And I don't really draw lines in sand. Uh, thoughts on Mo saying Ankiel hasn't called back. Nobody likes Mo, it seems. <laughs> I didn't think of it like that, but I like what you did there. Uh, my thought, honestly, it just went straight to Rick. I hope over everything is okay with him. Uh, whether that be f mentally or physically, like that was my thought. Uh, more than likely, it just means that Rick's not ready to throw and he doesn't have any new information. But my first thought and where my heart is is I just hope everything is okay with Rick Ankiel. What, ex uh, what expiring Blues contract should we bring back? You know, I don't really know who the expiring contracts are. I know the whole Joel Edmondson and restricted free agency thing. Look, whatever gets Jordan Bennington back, that's all I care about. My buddy played with Colby Rasmus on his rehab assignment in the Orioles organization. Said he was awesome. Yeah, they say Colby. So at, Col at first, as Colby entered the Cardinals organization, he was such a weird guy underneath the thumb of his crazy-ass father. Uh, you know, and then he played for a traditional organization with a lot of veterans, and he didn't fit in. And it really seemed like Colby came into his own in Toronto, got a little goofy, embraced the weirdo that he was. And uh, they always said that Colby was really amazing to the kids, like the rookies, the minor leaguers. And I think that's probably an indication that he didn't feel like he was treated that way when he was within he was in the organization. Again, that's me projecting more than anything and guessing. Uh, but yeah, look, I've I've never heard nothing. I've never heard anything but positive things about the way Colby Rasmus treated people. And and also, uh, I raise my glass to say, fuck Tony Rasmus. Drake Man says I still want Seth Beer. Me too, Drake. Me too. You know I love that Seth Beer. Uh, Pat should be on Netflix so I can binge. That'd be amazing. Uh, Matt Thompson, looking forward to bad Harold Reynolds comps. So tomorrow is the worst day for Matt Thompson. You're right, because you're not only going to get bad Harold Reynolds comps, but you're also going to get bad Peter Gammons comps. And the thing that happens with guys who have been around for a long time is they forget shit. And they forget how hard it is for, like, you know, Griffin Roberts gets drafted, and uh, he's going to end up helping this team down the stretch. Wait, what? What the fuck are you talking about? You're out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, no, that's that's the worst part. I would recommend to everyone that they mute their television tomorrow uh, during the uh, uh, during the festivities for the draft. Mark DeRosa is pretty good. If he's on it, I don't know if he is or who's going to be on it. DeRosa is pretty good. Uh, but other than that, just mute and save yourself the headache. Uh, what do I think of Cam Misner? I think that his play in the SEC really hurt him. Uh, I think he's supremely tool. Like, Cam Misner is tooled up. You can see all of the raw tools with that kid. And you can see how, you know what, he might be 
a superstar down the line. But there is a large, in John Mazalek's words, delta there to get him there. Like, this isn't Trevor Larnack. He's not as developed as Trevor Larnack. He's not as refined as Trevor Larnack, where you'd feel comfortable taking him in that 15 to 20 range. Uh, but then again, this draft is so much, is less, is not as good as last year, so maybe he does fall in that 15 to 20 range. Uh, I see the tools. I see the potential. Uh, I see that teams handled him gingerly, and he probably chased some stuff because teams were being conservative with him. Uh, maybe a refinement and approach helps. I think Cameron Misner could be a really good player. I just think that there's a lot of room to get there. What do I love about Alec Marsh? No, I just like... So Alec Marsh and Will Robertson. Alec Marsh is a starting pitcher for Arizona State. Will Robertson is an outfielder for Creighton. And I just think from like a day two perspective, you know, second round, third round, fourth round type of talent, I just like him. Like Alec Marsh, when you watch him pitch, you're like, oh, this guy's pretty good. He commands three pitches, kind of dabbles with two more. His fastball's in the low 90s. He can hit the mid 90s. Like, that's a really good day two pick. Will Robertson is a guy who just hits a lot of home, hits a decent amount of home runs in a really cavernous ballpark. And also can shorten his swing to put the ball in the opposite field. I like Alec Marsh and Will Robertson as like late day two picks. Uh, those are two of the guys. But that, I mean, like, I don't view Alec Marsh as a like a starter. I don't view him as like a huge different make, difference maker. Uh, I do view him as a type of player that could end up making a, a major league impact. Eventually, he might need to move to the bullpen. I view him as a starter, but he has a simple, smooth motion that he replicates pretty frequently and he throws a couple pitches pretty well and for day two like you can't really ask for much more than that uh what are your thoughts on maurice hampton and gunner henderson well hampton is you know a two-way player plays football he's really raw i am the type of person that would stay far away from a player as raw as he is but i would understand why a team would take a chance on a player like that that is that raw and gunner henderson I'm not as high on Gunnar Henderson as a lot of other people are. I think he has a beautiful swing. I think he probably stays in the middle infield, probably stays at short. If he doesn't, he moves to third. I just like a lot of the other infielders uh, better at that in that range. Uh, he's a complete. He's a very talented player. Again, I just like some other people in that range better. Uh, wasn't Colby the first player to ever accept a qualifying offer? He was. That's a good call. Also, wouldn't mind Drew Mendoza with their second pick. Yeah, Drew Mendoza is interesting too. I look that that 58th pick, right? Because it's pick 58. That, that's when their second selection is. Drew Mendoza might be there. Uh, the uh, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on it. Tommy Henry. The pitcher from uh, 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 Michigan, I could see him being a really good pick there too. Uh, there are look again. I can't say it enough. Like I think between picks six and thirty-five, those guys are six and let me uh, six and like twenty-five, like six uh, six and thirty-five. Those prospects are all kind of like interchangeable parts that are kind of interesting. Again, I give Kirby and Malone and Beatty and you know like Corbin Carroll. I give them like the edge there. And then after that, I think between like. 25 to like 60 maybe those guys are all kind of interchangeable parts too and i just think you need to capitalize and get some with one of those first two picks the cardinals need to take a a pitcher that they can project into the major leagues in the next couple years i think that that is an absolute necessity i'm not one to pick for need but i think that the cardinals would do well to find that pitcher i i, I don't know who that is i think matt cronin could be interesting he's he's a reliever uh, exclusively 
I, again, I'd rather have him go deeper. I would not take like a second round flyer on him or a third round flyer on him. I know he's going to fit in that range, uh, uh, but something like that. Like I think that they need to make sure that they secure major league impact from a pitching standpoint in this draft early on in like the first five rounds. Uh, is Delvin finally turning a corner from Aaron? You know, uh, Aaron, I don't know if Delvin's turning a corner. What I will tell you is when he's hitting at the top of the lineup, his approach is completely different than when he's hitting at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, it, look, last year we saw that he was playing better defensively at short. He was running the bases better. He was more engaged in the game. That's carried over this year. Is he turning the corner? I think he's exactly where he was last year. Remember, for the first two months... Uh, June and July of the short season, he was really good, and then he was really terrible in August. Uh, and then this year, he got off to a bad start, and he's been good since moving up to the top of the lineup. What I'm getting at is I'm rambling, uh, kind of stalling too, trying to form an opinion, is I think that the base running's there. I think the defense is there. I think he still weighs 45 pounds, and he's never going to hit for a slugging percentage. But one thing that we are seeing is we're seeing him return to what we saw in the first two months of last year with his approach, which is a little bit more hunting for fastballs and seeing more pitches. Uh, there's a report the Cardinals didn't meet with Quinn Priester between Christmas and Memorial Day. Now, I hadn't heard it was Christmas and Memorial Day, and I will address this specifically. It has, it's not something that I would normally talk about. But I will tell you that I've been told by someone that I do trust that the Cardinals are very much in on Quinn Priester. Uh, they haven't met with him in a traditional sense like the other 28 teams because what was it? It was the Angels and the Cardinals didn't meet with him. Uh, they've, they've, they've done their due diligence with him and they have a pretty high rating on Quinn Priester. It's just that, for, I, I, and I, I didn't know it extended from Christmas to Memorial Day. I did not know that. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. But I can tell you that recently they haven't met with him. Uh, but they have done their diligence with him and they are very impressed with him. Uh, it's just that they haven't like met with them in an official capacity. Oh, the Nationals were the only other team to meet with them. Uh, what's your take on drafting relief only prospects like Cronin? Where do you start thinking about it? Uh, so, you know, let me put it this way. A couple years back, uh, and I'm going to fuck it up, I always get Zach and Nick Birdie mixed up. But a couple years back, I wanted the Cardinals to draft Zach Birdie. I'm just going to say Zach Birdie, relief pitcher out of Louisville. I wanted them to happen early. Uh, and then they drafted, uh, 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 I'm fucking, oh, the Delvin Perez, 23rd overall, and then Dylan Carlson, 33rd, uh, Dakota Hudson, 34th. But I would have been happy with the Cardinals drafting Zach Birdie at 23rd overall instead of Delvin Perez. That being said, that was a stupid, stupid, stupid thought by a stupid, stupid, stupid human being. I love when Drew Storen went ninth overall. I was really fucking stupid. So, uh, as I, as I, kind of elaborate a little bit more on what I'm saying about Matt Cronin. Look, unless the guy is absolutely lights out, I'm not drafting him in the first two rounds. I'm staying away from him in the top three rounds. Matt Cronin has a command issue. So honestly, like, I know he's in the top 100 of a lot of nearly everyone's draft, on nearly everyone's draft board. I would not draft him in the top 100 picks. Uh, I would not draft him in the top 150 probably. Uh, you get in that fifth round spot, and that's where I think about taking a lefty, uh, like a relief-only option like Cronin. Now, if you're talking about a special talent, again, like Zach Birdie, readjusting like my calibration on that, taking him in the first round is stupid. But if you want to take like a second-round shot on a guy like Zach Birdie, same thing with Drew Storen, going back, like drafting him in the top ten was stupid. Uh, back in the day, it made a lot of sense, but drafting him in the top round was stupid. Adjusting, like I could see taking a second-round shot at a guy like that. 
Uh, what do you think about Goldie so far? I feel like everyone is overreacting. He's been good, in my opinion, from Josh. I think he's been good. I think he's been bad. I think he's been pressing. I think he looks uncomfortable. Uh, I think he's been fine. I do think people are overreacting to the lack of success he's had. But I also think at the same time, it's been worrisome because the Cardinals needed him to be transformative and he hasn't been transformative. So what I'm saying, Josh, is I see both sides of the argument. The D-backs are absolutely loaded in this draft. Yeah, what do they have? Like 45 of the top 100 picks, something ridiculous like that. Uh, the thing about the D-backs, though, is like if there's a draft where you're going to have the top eight of the top 100 picks or whatever it is, like you could have picked a better draft. This is kind of a below average, average draft at the top. It's got some good depth. Like maybe in the 10th round, you're going to get some talent that you wouldn't have gotten in past drafts uh, or the ninth round. We'll say, because you know, after you get past the 10th round, things get weird. Uh, but at like the top end, it's not like super heavy. It's not super great. So they really have like the worst draft possible to have this many picks uh, but they're going to do well, and they have a lot of money to spend, so maybe they get creative with Jack Leiter and Matt Allen. Uh, and ben, uh, ben in Phoenix for one day, and it still seems like very much a Goldie town. I love that. Uh, Perez and Gorman fell, that becoming a trend. Cardinals just take the guy that falls. Now, Matt Thompson, I think, brings up a great point, and I do think that that's Randy Flores' M.O. right now. But I don't necessarily know if it's a fall thing. I think that those guys were at the top of their board, and I really think that Flores' MO is he just takes the guy at the top of his board. And in those two drafts where he's had first-round draft picks, because, again, you know, three years ago he drafted Delvin, and then they got fucked because of Correa, and then signing Dexter Fowler, and then last year they had a first-round pick. Uh, I think that they just, they really do, Flores' first-round philosophy is just take the best guy on their board, and I think that that's what happens. Uh, and I think that because you, when you're drafting like 19, I think that it's easy to like assume that that's just a player that's fallen, and it usually is a player that's fallen. So, yeah, I definitely think that that's the case. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. or C.J. Abrams? Uh, I'm all on Bobby Wood Jr. I am not a C.J. Abrams fan. He's Nick Gordon to me. Like, uh, I, I again, I'm gonna end up eating these words. I want to make this clear. These will be the words that I end up lo looking like a complete fucking moron on tonight, and I've looked like a complete moron tonight consistently. Uh, but I, I am not a C.J. Abrams guy. I think that people hope he develops power. I understand loving that speed tool. I get it. I think he's a shaky shortstop. Uh, I think that in other drafts, I don't know. I just, I'm not high on C.J. Abrams. I, I would tell you that if I had a top 10 pick, I would not draft C.J. Abrams. Uh, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably stupid for it. And again, I'm just a guy who just watches video and gets video from friends and uh, but I am not a C.J. Abrams guy. I, I like Riley Green substantially more. I like Corbin Carroll more. All the names that I mentioned, I like more than C.J. Abrams. I think there's a lot of projection going on with C.J. Abrams. Uh, let me tell you one thing that's really interesting when you go back and read draft reports from like 10 years ago. Is you start seeing if and but a lot for the guys who fizzled out. And C.J. Abrams is one of those guys. Uh, do you think the Cardinals should draft someone and then let him continue playing football? No, that's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea, and if they do something like that, uh, they'd be dumb. Matt Carpenter is looking better. He is, uh, Matt Gloves. He definitely is. Uh, what does Delvin turning a corner look like then? Well, putting on weight and slugging a little bit. And again, like you have to understand that my calibration of Delvin turning a corner is based on last year, and all I'm seeing from Delvin this year is an extrapolation of the first two months last year. I think entering last year, he turned the corner that you're feeling right now. I just feel like because of how bad his August is, his August last year was that it 
kind of tainted how we view the corner that he turned. I think he's just continuing that turn. What becomes interesting now as he enters his third month of his first full season is if he starts fatiguing and how he starts fatiguing. What a turner, like what a corner turn will look like, it'll look a little something like what we saw at Oscar Mercado when Oscar Mercado turned 22, started hitting for a little bit more power and getting on base a little bit more. And we're seeing that a little bit more out of Delvin, but there needs to be a slugging that comes along with it. Look, you don't understand, like he doesn't hit for any slug at all. He doesn't hit for any slug at all. And uh, that's not going to play. It's just not going to play. Again, I, Adi, and, I, and I butchered his name, Hachavaria, Hachavaria. He's a lot like that as like his ceiling right now. And that's like if everything goes 100% correct. And it's not there. Uh, just to be clear, we shouldn't expect a Nolan Gorman type pick this time around right from Josh. I, I wouldn't go that far. Remember, last year's draft was better than this year's draft, so keep that in mind. Uh, you probably won't have someone like that fall with that much potential and that much raw, that many raw tools. But then someone like Brett Beatty could fall, and honestly, like he's a lot like Gorman. He's not as good of a fielder as Gorman was at the same time, but he kind of has that same bat. Beatty, the thing about Beatty is he's 19. He's old for a high school senior. And it throws off the calibration process of him. Otherwise, if it wasn't for his age, he'd be a top five pick more than likely. Definitely a top ten pick. There's a chance he falls because he's just so much older as a as a high school uh, senior. So that kind of like changes it. But like, yeah, Brennan Malone is a supreme talent. I could see him at 19, and that's like a really good 19 pick. That might not be exactly like the set the world on fire right away, Nolan Gorman, but could bear the fruits of someone like Nolan Gorman in the long run. So more than likely, no. You should not expect that the Cardinals get someone like Nolan Gorman, but don't be surprised that they get an extremely talented player at 19 that's perceived to have fallen to their spot. Hello, friends. Kyle, I can't stay long, but I wanted to drop in and say, go Razorbacks and Edmund. That's right. Go Tommy Edmund. And what is it? Woo Pig, Kiefer Dean Roach? Is it Woo Pig? That's the, uh, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Or the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm such an idiot. The Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, 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 cry. <sighs> I'm an idiot. Uh, there seems to be like 20 somewhat solid college, solid college arms. And you're right, most are similar. Yeah, and I'm telling you, like, it's not just college arms. Like, again, I think George Kirby is the, the cream of the crop of the college arms. And I think everyone else is, like, kind of rotating around. I think Josh Young is probably the cream of the crop of the college middle infielders. And I think everyone else is kind of rotating around. You know, I think Corbin Carroll. Again, I, I get why people like Riley Green. I get why people like, people like C.J. Abrams. Uh, but I obviously, like... Brett Beatty and Corbin Carroll are like one and two for me in the the uh, prep or the prep bats, and then I love I I can't say it enough. Jack Leiter, I I get why everyone loves. It doesn't seem like he's going to sign with anybody, but from what I've heard, that like the Yankees, uh, some of the uh, the northeastern teams. But to me, like the prep arms, it's it really is. And I other than Jack Leiter, of course, it's Brennan Malone and Bust. I I love Brennan Malone, and I think some team is going to end up jumping on him earlier than most are expecting. Uh, biggest draft bust has to be Matt Bush, right? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I can't even think right now. Look, there's plenty of draft busts. Uh, could be Mark Appel. That's a good guess. 
What about J.J. Abrams from Riggedy Wrecked? I think he made a, a better Star Wars movie than Ryan Johnson did. Uh, if the cards do draft Beatty, are they more aggressive with him due to age? Uh, no. Well, uh, so look at it this way. I would expect Beatty to go on the same type of track that Gorman is on. Uh, but he'll still have to earn it. Like, they're not just going to be like, oh, he hit 210, let's put him in Peoria. I think he'll do well enough to earn a Peoria start next year. Uh, but I don't think they'll, like, super accelerate his uh, his time frame. My top five, Adley, Vaughn, Lodolo, Witt, and Blade. Uh I'm not a Lodolo guy. I think Lodolo is fine. Uh, I worry about his mechanics, to be honest with you. Uh, and I also haven't really seen... His primary and secondary offerings are solid. His his third offering, like, I'm just not on. I just don't see it. And I worry about his mechanics, so I'm not a Lodolo guy. If I'm going my top five, look, it's Adley for sure. It's Witt for sure. It's Vaughn more than likely for sure. Blade has earned the spot more than likely. And whoever that fifth guy is... I don't know. Again, I'm so into that swing by Beatty that I'm dumb. Uh, but uh, I'll say I'm the number five pick. I'll say uh, uh, Miguel Cairo's son is in this draft or some shit like that. He's my number five. Uh, remember when Sandoval almost single-handedly screwed the Giants out of drafting Mize? Oof. Uh, cards have developed pitching for years. Why is the pipeline looking dry? Because uh, you don't really have to look further. Like, the last couple of years, they haven't drafted pitching early. They developed pitching so well because they were drafting it early, and they were drafting collegiate arms that were close to being major league ready. That's kind of the major difference there. Uh, early on in the draft now, they haven't been doing it. And then don't forget two years ago, not having a first or second round pick, losing their first couple draft picks, was a huge blow. It's hard to make that up. Uh, they tried to play it safe with some of their picks, and it didn't pan out. Uh, that's part of the reason why. And also, I mean, if you really look at it, over the last three years since Randy Flores has taken over, they've definitely gone pitching, but they've been a little bit more aggressive about trying to find the bats. So uh, I, I think that has that all plays into it. Do you like? Uh, do you think a guy like Jake Mag Mangum has legit future value or not much there? Look, I think uh, Mangum. The, uh, the outfielder from Mississippi State who set a bunch of records at the school and in the SEC. I think he's going to be a really fun story to follow. Do I think he has a major league future? I do, because I think he's the kind of guy who's going to work his ass off to make the majors. Is he going to be anything more than just getting a taste? I don't think so. I really don't. But, you know, he's a hard worker, and you can't ever discount the hard workers. I've got cotton mouth. Uh, FMK, Kisner's sister, the young sister, and Ozuna's wife. Ozuna's wife is too much woman for me. She's got it all, just how you would dream of, but it's just too much for me. Like, I couldn't handle it. I wouldn't want to disappoint her. Now, granted, I'm going to disappoint all of these women. Uh, but uh, Mary, I'd marry... Uh, is the young sister, is she 18 yet? Are we 100% sure about that? I need the age. So uh, the answer is Kisner's sister over and over again. Uh, it's so nice to have Pad back, Josh. Thank you for being here. It's nice to have Pad back to me, too. Uh, could watch Quinn Priester pitch in Juliet, Illinois, if Kerry Grove makes it to state next week. Do it for me, Hayden Marsh. Uh, by that point, he'll be a member of the Blue Jays organization. I don't know. I, that's a guess. Uh, how tall are you? I'm uh, 5'11", uh, and, uh, you know, 5 inches hard. MLB Network has Priester ranked number 19. Yeah, I think it's reasonable to put Priester in that 15 to 25, 15 to 30 rank in any capacity. 
Uh, background on Beatty, why is he older? So just to make it sure, uh, again, it might be Batty. I'm pretty sure it's Beatty. It's B-A-T-Y, Brett Beatty. I'm just going to say Beatty. Uh, and he's just older because that's how it works. I don't think there's like a story behind it. I think he just got into the scholastic system a little bit older, and uh, that's how it played out. But again, B-R-E-T-T, B-A-T-Y, Braden Brown, go look at him. I'm going to tell you right now, you'll fall in love with the swing right away. And you'll also fall in love with this balance, and you'll see that this is a kid who isn't going to get beat by mediocre breaking pitches when he gets to the lower levels in the minor leagues. Uh, go take a look at him. Are you a Manoa guy? Doubt he falls, but would be nice. So Manoa is one of those guys that, like, I could see someone getting aggressive with Zach Thompson and Lodolo uh, and, of course, George Kirby, and I could see Manoa falling. I do like Manoa at 19. I'm with you, Burley. I don't think there's any chance he makes it to 19. But, again, depending on who's available there, what's available there, uh, I, I would love Manoa at 19. I, I, I like him a lot. Again, I think he's a craftier version of Lance Lynn. Uh, I, again, Lance Lynn is a frustrating pitcher in some degrees, but if you can manage to like guarantee yourself you're going to get a first-round pick, Lance Lynn with a first-round pick, you take it. I know people compare him to Aaron Harang and a lot of those bigger body starters. I, I like Manoa a lot. I don't think he's... Again, I don't think he's a number one. I don't think he's a number two. I don't know if that player is in the draft. I think Brennan Malone has that potential. Uh, but I think that he could be a really interesting guy. And, you know, if, say, all of these names are on the board and it comes down to Manoa or Priester, I'm going to go Manoa. If it comes down to Manoa and Allen, I'm going Manoa. If it comes down to Manoa and, uh, you know, Michael Bush, I'm going Manoa. So, you know, Manoa and Will Wilson, Manoa, Manoa and Young, uh, Josh Young, I'm going Young. Like, I'm not opposed to it. I, I like Manoa a lot. I've got to duck out. It's nice to have you back. Victoria, to you, I raise my glass. Thank you for being here. Uh, you're the best. Scott Young, uh, who I've been talking about the draft with a little bit here and there, says, if Langoliers falls, you have to take him. I'm not there. I think Langoliers is a very good defensive sh uh, uh, catcher. I think that he has power, which is interesting. It's been fun to watch him cut down on the strikeouts. Uh, but I worry about his approach. He had a three-home run game this weekend that has everyone really, really excited. Uh, but And I love his swing. I just I worry about his ability to hit anything, including fastballs on the outside half. Uh, the, not even like the outside quarter. And I think teams are going to adjust to that quick. I also think fastballs up in the zone are going to get him. I think he's a little guarded. He had a great weekend. I love it. But again, I think it depends on who's there. Uh, I'd go Brennan Malone before him. I'd go Beatty before him. I, again, I'd go Young before him. But you get to 19 and all of those guys are gone, then yes, give me Langoliers. Now, to make it clear, Kisner, uh, Ivan Herrera, Julio Rodriguez, Dennis Ortega, Yadier Molina, Matt Wieters... None of those guys being in the organization should prevent the Cardinals from taking Shea Langoliers if he's the best available person on their draft board. They should not shy away from him just because he's a catcher. Uh, he's a talented player. He's ready to catch. Uh, he's a great defensive catcher. Amazing pop time. That's like the big thing for him. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. I, d this is how I feel about Shea Langoliers, honestly, is he reminds me of Patrick Wisdom uh, at the plate. Uh, a catcher that's like Patrick Wisdom, and that's where I get a little weird, uh, and that's why like I want to see what the board looks like if he's available at 19. Again, if all those other options are gone, then yeah, Langoliers at 19, I love, but we're just gonna have to wait and see.
I've watched Mississippi State a lot, and I am not high in Mangum. His swing is all chop. It really is. It really is. And, you know, the fun thing about a guy like Mangum is that uh, you could see an organization, like, trying to change it and him not being able to change it. It'd be really interesting. Uh, which Cardinals team do you think the real one, April or May? Neither. I don't think it was the April team. I don't think it was the May team. Uh, look, whatever gets the Cardinals to 88 or 90 wins, that's the team. You know, they're going to be streaky. When you have Marcelo Zuna and Paul DeYoung hitting in the middle of your lineup, you're going to be prone to streaks. I think, again, I think they're a 90-win team. I think they're an 88-win team. I think that they're going to do well when they get the best pitcher, when they start using their best pitchers in the right situations. I think that's a big key. Uh, they're not doing that right now. So that's a big change. Once that happens, and I think they're a 90-win team. Uh, Grichuk's sister is feeling left out. I'm sorry. Uh, if Stewart went in the top draft, uh, if if Stewart went into the draft, do you think he's top ten? I do not. No, Carter Stewart, the guy who just went to Japan, uh, drafted by the Braves last year. No, no, he put on weight and lost some command, and people were not happy with how he looked in the JUCO ranks. Uh, he probably would have been a top, a first round pick, but I, he definitely would not have gone in the top ten. Uh, Jim Callis just raved on Brett Beatty. Uh, as he damn well should. I don't get to watch very in intently. How'd your boy Andy K do? From Braun, not Brown. Andy K. Andy K. I don't know what you mean by there. Uh, Andy K, your boy. Oh, Andy Andrew Kisner. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. He did well. Look, uh, his first two at-bats, he went chasing after fastballs, which was very much on Andrew Kisner. Uh, his third at-bat, he almost hit an opposite field home run, put it to the wall. Uh, looked a little bit better in that third at-bat. Catching-wise... He he did an amazing job of blocking everything in the dirt early on in the game. Wayno uh, was spiking curveballs, and he was doing great keeping the ball in front of him. The one area we need to see him improve a little bit is the pitch framing with the fastball low, the cutter low specifically, and also the chain or the curveball on the outside the lefties. He 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 fades with the curveball. If he can just frame that turn and frame, he he goes counterclockwise in frames when he needs to go with he needs to go clockwise. And, uh, uh, like, stop instead of fading. If he can do those things, he's going to be fine. Hey, Graham, how are you? I love you, miss you. Uh, is Reyes too hesitant after the injury, or is it just rust or worse? Uh, that's a good question. I view it as rust. Uh, I just view it as, like, working out the kinks. Again, remember Alex Reyes missed two years. He's gone through two arm injuries, two arm surgeries, he was so good last year that I think we all, and because of his pedigree and what he's capable of, I think we all kind of assume that he'd just roll through this last rehab. Uh, and the surgery that he went through was tough. It's a, a pretty serious surgery, and I think he's just working it out. Again, you're talking about new ligaments. You're talking about not only a restored elbow, you're talking about a restored shoulder and just trying to figure it out. Uh, I don't think he's a bust. I don't think any of that. I just think we need to be patient. You know, ideally, he works through it, Spends the next month or two working through it, and then you've got a nice little addition to the lineup or, or roster or bullpen or rotation uh, here in like two months or a month. Uh, let's see. Much love to the pad peeps. We love you, Victoria. Uh, love the sweep of the Cubs. Yeah, we absolutely love the sweep of the Cubs. To sweeping the Cubs. Uh, fuck the Cubs. I, uh, by the way... We say fuck the Cubs, and we're happy that they swept the Cubs, but let's not forget that next week they're in Chicago. Let's get another sweep. 
Uh, Wisdom still in Major Leagues. No, he's in AAA. He actually almost got into a fist fight during a Memphis game a little while back. I forgot who he, the dust-up was with. Uh, Shay Chandelier. I love that. Uh, what happened with Graham Stinton? So, now, he was shut down, right? Uh, he got hurt. His velocity dropped. And then they shut him down. And that's going to be really interesting. You know, I'm sure somebody's going to run him through an MRI machine, draft him in the third round, give him an okay bonus, and then hope that he finds what he was entering the 2019 year. But that lefty's arm is fucked for sure. Uh, do we have an update on Andy Young? I have not. Oh, my God, Josh. I have not looked up Andy Young. Uh, somebody do it for me. Don't ever talk about Hudson Potts again, though, okay? I promise I won't do it if you're not around. Uh, only if you're around, my friend. Uh, stick... Brown not Brown says, stick the spot and not carry it out of the zone, you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I mean. Like, when the curve comes, he fades with it. Uh, and he just needs to, st with the curve on the outside, especially that loopy curve that Wayno has, he needs to stick it. And he needs to turn, and, you know, he catches it kind of like he's turning. So when it fades, I'm going to do it this way. When he fades with it, he turns it clock or counterclockwise. And what he needs to do is stick and turn clockwise with it. And that'll, that would have got Wayno a couple more strikes that would have helped him. Wayno walked like 43 people. Those walks would have been cut in half if Yachty or Weeders would have been catching today. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, freaking cards, what'd you miss? You missed the entire episode, damn it. But I still love you, buddy, to you. I did, Graham. I did see how good Cole Hamels was today. That curveball looked good. Uh, Nepperly says, love the draft talk. Always a good time. Yeah. You know, uh, real fast, I want to give Scott Walker... Uh, uh, not really, and Pat B a big shout out, and also uh, Matt Thompson to a degree. I want to give you guys a big shout out. You've been able to be like my sounding ground when we talk about the draft and all that stuff over the last couple weeks. Uh, I haven't had the time that I've wanted to to be able to invest into the draft and the players and all that. I thought by now I'd have everyone on the BA 500 scouted, uh, and I only have like the top 110 maybe, and then some like stragglers here and there who I'm interested in. Uh, so I I apologize for that, but to Scott Walker. Pat B and not Burley. I raise my glass. Also, there's a chance that tomorrow Pat B does a quick little periscope when the Cardinals draft, and you should really check that out. I love that kid. I was fortunate enough to meet him. Ashley and I got to meet him. Uh, I love him. He's a good kid, and you should check it out if he does it. Uh, Andy Young has a 366 on base percentage in AA. Love it. Best game of the year was today, right? I think the best game of the year was Friday. Uh, it was boring as fuck, but I think it was. No, I think that game on uh, uh, Thursday, the, the win on Thursday, I think that was a big game. Uh, I think that's a turning point of the season, and I think we're getting caught up on what happened this weekend, but I think that, that the, the, uh, the Thursday game was a big game too. Uh, 786 on-base percentage. You cheating on me with Patrick? I'll cheat on you when you turn 18, boy. I'll make you my little sex dungeon boy. Uh, uh, Andy Young has a 786 OPS for the Jackson Generals. Thank you so much, my pad people. So, uh, real fast, I'm going to raise my glass to the birds on the black family. I got to talk to Ben Cerruti today via DM. I love Ben. He's an amazing man. Obviously, you guys know that Cardinals Gifts is the only man I care about on this earth, even remotely as much as I care about my brothers and my father. Uh, I love Cardinals Gifts. He's amazing. Uh, I rate, again, raise my glass to him. To Nicholas Childress, who's in some foreign country in Europe. To Nicholas Childress, we love him. Adam Van Grack wrote a great story about uh, the legalese behind uh, uh, the, the rainout the other night. Tara Woman is doing amazing stuff. Just like amazing stuff after amazing stuff. About last night, chirps with our good friend Alex Chris Afoli. 
Uh, and Cards Cards is writing amazing stuff that I haven't had a chance to read, but I love that Cards Cards. So, uh, you know, I always say with Cards Cards, I love him and I hate him at the same time, and I can't, like, I, it's, it's just that with him. Uh, when he opens up, I love him more. Also, as always, it's a part of our group DM now, Zach Gifford. Zach, I love you. Uh, you and I, were going to podcast together. I swear by that. It's going to happen. But to all of my birds on the black people, I raise my glass. I love being a part of this family, and I'm sorry for not carrying my end of the load because I've been too goddamn busy to do anything uh, and also enjoying playoff hockey when I should be doing work for the site. So I love you guys. And also, as, as he just pops up, I'm... I'm such a moron. The one person who's actually doing work every day for the website, other than N Chill and Cards Gifts, is Stu Styles. So Stu gets the huge one. Stu gets the huge one here, who does the most amazing game recaps you will find on the internet. Like, it's not even, there's not even like a second place. It's just Stu, who's fucking amazing. I mean, amazing what Stu does. Uh, to, but to Stu Styles, I raise my glass, and my birth on the Black Family, I love you guys. You're incredible. Uh, again, Stu. Those game recaps are a fucking... They're a masterpiece every day. Oregon says go Blues! Hey! To my Oregon people. You know, it's funny. We have a pretty strong contingent of Oregonians in here. Uh, it seems like it's the Missourians, the Illinoisans, some Arkansas people, some Florida people, some Tennessee people, some Carolini, Car Carolonians of both directions and then Oregon. I love my Oregon people. Uh, that, that's, and that's, that's the next thing. So, which gives me, I guess, an opportunity to talk next about you guys, the pad people. Like right now we only have 50 people in here. We'll have a bunch of people listen to the podcast. Uh, but to be able to do po pod, let me start over cause I'm an asshole. To be able to do pad for you guys again is a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this all day when I literally got canceled and it presented itself as an option for the evening. I, I love this, I love doing this, I love doing this with you, I love being a part of this with you. Remember, Pat isn't mine, it's ours. Uh, it belongs to Birds on the Black, it belongs to the Two Birds on a Bat family to the least amount of their degree, but they're still part of this. Uh, they brought people into this, uh, but it's yours. Make it yours. Tomorrow when the draft happens, Enjoy that. Think about the time we're going to be able to spend talking about the three days worth of draft prospects when eventually we get time to do that. Uh, uh, more importantly than anything, to the pad people who are still in here and who have been in here through this entire festivity, uh, I raise my glass to you. I love you all. I think you're amazing. Uh, you know, look at it this way. Two years ago, and I don't know, three years ago in 2016, the Cardinals took Delvin Perez 23rd. Dylan Carlson, 33rd, and Dakota Hudson, 34th. This year, they'll draft 19th. And any one of those three outcomes could happen. You could either have a shortstop who's still only 20, who's budding. You could have uh, an outfield prospect who looks like he's the next step in the evolution outfield of the St. Louis Cardinals. Could be a fixture for years or you could have a rotation option for years, or you could look at the next year, uh, which is 2017, and they didn't have a first-round draft pick, and they could draft a player who ends up not even being worth the pick, or he could be Nick Plummer or something like that. Tomorrow's a crapshoot. Don't be mad. Don't be happy with the pick. Let's see what happens with it. The next three days are going to be fun. Uh, let's see what happens. But to my pad family, I love you guys. You make this worth doing. 
real fast. He's not in here. Uh, we haven't done it, but to the Hicks family, I raise my goddamn glass. Uh, to the godfather of prospects after dark, Jason Hicks. To the, uh, the, the, uh, the queen of prospects after dark, Jennifer. Uh, to the patron player of prospects after dark, Jordan Hicks, I raise my glass. Uh, I'm sorry that the month of May leading into June has been a bullshit month for you as you've been fucked over by the coaching staff. Uh, and used as improperly as any reliever has ever been used, uh, I raise my glass to you because here you'll get straightened out and you'll be fine and you'll go back to being one of the best closers in baseball once they stop fucking with you. That was a big, just a big drink, fam. All right, that's it. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, this was Prospects After Dark. If you watch this, if you are listening to this, you are part of the resistance. To my Oregonians, I love you. To Cardinals Nation, I love you. To my brother Michael, my brother Scott, my brother Jim, I love you guys. Uh, to my father, who there's no way he's listening to this, uh, I love you. To my mother, I love you. Uh, to everybody who's a part of our little, little family, uh, I love each and every one of you. Welcome back to Prospects After Dark. After this week, we'll get back to doing it regularly on Sunday. How does that sound? Uh, I hope that you'll be here, and if you're not, then fuck it anyways. Who cares? Uh, we didn't really... Welcome back to Prospects After Dark. How about that uh, as our episode name, Cardinals Gifts? Uh, again, if you watch this or you're listening to this, you're part of the resistance. I had a blast doing this. Uh, thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity. I don't know what to say other than that. I am extremely grateful, and I cannot wait to do this again with you and for you, and I love you, and happy hunting.